Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast with John and Evan and the producer Connor. It is episode four for those of you all counting at home. Guys, what are some some famous fours out there? I'm thinking the Fantastic Four. The thing. That's a good one. Ninja Turtles. That's a good one. There are four Ninja Super Turtles. Turtles. Yep. Um, we've got... Uh, Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Did we wow. say Lou Gehrig? We did not. No, Lou Gehrig. Lou Absolutely. Gehrig. Number four. Um, Bobby Orr. He's, yep. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, fourth. 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 Yeah, fourth in the Call of Duty uh, franchise. A New Hope, if you're counting that way, or oh. a Phantom Menace, if you're counting the other way. Or Force Awakens. Oh. There you go, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, Ford uh, versus Ferrari. Yeah, um, that's good. And uh, Fourth President. Uh, By popular vote. And, uh, was it? I think they stole the Electoral College then. You know? I miss Bobby were voting this room. <laughs> um, James Madison. James Madison. James Madison. JMU, the, the most hated school in by Liberty. Liberty students hate James Madison. But which of the schools is hated more is the question that I have. Have you been to James Madison? I, you don't have it. It's terrible. Uh-huh. That was Auburn got our softball coach from James Madison University. That's where he was. All right. What a, James Madison going places. <laughs> Four eyes. Hey, I I resemble that remark. (laughs) All right, so on this fourth episode, we will be talking about this new, uh, I think it's a personality test. Uh, Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the, yeah, I just saw it the other day. The Enneagram? Something like that. Teddy Graham? Uh, How do you say it, producer? I'm looking it up. I think it's pronounced Enneagram. Okay, okay. Yes, I think the that Enneagram. The Enneagram. Teddy Grams. Enneagram. It sounds wrong if you say it. <laughs> Enneagrams. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anybody talking about this, so this should be a fresh, a fresh, fresh out the oven. Hot, yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. Well, here we go, boys. May the force be with you. Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast. Hope you enjoyed your break. Got some coffee ready to go. This is everybody's favorite segment that you never asked for us to do. You don't really care what our answers are, but we're going to do it anyway. This is time for our dogs. Woof, woof. And our cats. Meow. That was pretty good, Connor. Now, before we really get into the highs and lows of our, our own weeks, we did feel like it was necessary to point out some heavy stuff that's been going on this week with the... Um, unfortunate death of a man in Minneapolis and then the many riots that have gone on since then and we don't want to spend too much time talking about it because there are smarter people who have a lot better opinions than we do on this stuff but we did want to say our thoughts and our prayers are with everybody affected and we are hopeful for a better tomorrow than we've had the past couple days so moving into the more exciting parts of this podcast John would you like to kick us off with oof, your oof. your dogs? Calm those dogs. Stop it. Um, yeah, I can totally do my dog of the week. And hopefully this is an uplifting, you know, just we're just trying to have fun. We want everybody to kind of have a good time, you I know? Wanna, I just want to have fun. <laughs> but yeah, in, in light of all the seriousness we've got going on, you know, we just want to be a fun laughing time, laughing segment. <laughs> this is if I can talk normally. Um, my dog of the week... It's tough. Since it's been three weeks since we've recorded last, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of weeks to have a dog in. So many highs to choose from. Really. So many. Um, wow. You know, Memorial Day came and went, and a uh, four-day weekend. I've had three straight weeks of a four-day weekend due to 
at one sick day, the Memorial Day weekend, which was four days, because we got off Friday. We did. And then uh, this this past week, I took off Thursday, and I got to play golf with my dad, which actually was a lot of fun, because I haven't played golf in forever but I, i'm trying to get get into it and it's 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 a challenge but i'm enjoying it so that's my dog evan my turn mm-hmm. well my dog uh coincides with uh, a much demanded from the audience and our, our viewership they've been really really concerned with finding out oh who's who's that out there who's that going by your house right now it's hot shirtless dad he's back he is here. I just need to give an update from my dog of the week that I saw shirtless dad. He is alive. He does not have COVID. He is still shirtless in his capris. And he is just doing great out there, guys. I just want to make sure you guys knew he's safe. He's well. We'll get more updates on him. Was it the same dad or was it just shirtless? No, same dad. Same dad. It's easily I'm glad you haven't seen pantless dad. That yeah, would be That would be a different that's dad. That's the dad. We don't we need him move. It's a whole different dad. <laughs> I'm calling the police when that dad goes by. <laughs> Connor. Oh man. Um honestly, kind of like John, I've been playing a lot more golf recently than uh Woo, golf bros. Seriously. Is there your high though? No, it's not really my high. <laughs> His, um, his score is high. Oh, oh there it is. That, that's that's not that's not false. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been it's been fun, and and so and so maybe while golf is not quite the uh, the the high there, being out, you know, seeing some sunny days, getting together with people, socially distance, of course, because my balls way the heck over you know, there. And, <laughs> Everyone else is in the fairway, you know. They're not socially distant, but you yeah, are. Exactly, <laughs> it's actually, I feel more responsible on the golf course than I do when I'm at Kroger, honestly. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. You, John, John kind of took my my golf dog, but then also we're just dogging that together. Bro. Yeah, no, it's great, and I I think that um, <laughs> but yeah, and then also the your dog of shirtless dad being back and. We've missed him. Yeah. It's been good. I was oddly worried about the guy, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right. Um, my cat. Cat. Meow. Uh, my cat of the week. It's actually really serious. Um, my mother has listened to our podcast, so. His mom is fine, by the way, just to preface. She's fine. Yeah, she's doing fine. <laughs> she did listen, and uh, apparently I said something on the last episode that uh, offended her, and I want Yikes. to formally recant on Mother's Day, nonetheless? It was on a Mother's Day, too. Oh, that's bad. wild. Uh, she, I made the statement that she often, not often, I don't want to you know, get myself in a deeper hole, she compared me to one of my friends and said, you need to do more like this. You need to be a little bit nicer to your guests when they're in the house. Anyway, she listened to that. and I mean, I do, but she wasn't wrong. Um, Again, she, not false. <laughs> she said that well, I need to... Podcast. She said that I need to let the viewers know, or the listeners know, because we're not, hopefully, not looking at us. Um, <laughs> the listeners know that that's a no-no for parents, and that she did mm. not do that, and that I made that up. I don't know if I did, but she said that she knows that that's not, that's not how you do it. And so she wanted me to get on here and let everybody know that she was a good parent. And she was, you know, I turned out okay, moderately Okay. Uh, and so, anyway, the cat of the week for me is I apparently just gave my mom a bad name. And it's never good when you give your mom a bad name. So, mom, I apologize. I hope you're listening. 
just because we need people to listen, but... Maybe yeah. tell your friends. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, t- Mom, tell your friends to listen, please. <laughs> All right, Evan. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is if we had, like, a call-in segment, your mom would call in and be like, John, don't say that. I didn't do that. That's not... My mom would call in and be like, yeah, and I was right. You still do need to be more like him. She would roast me on the open air. And she listens to this. Love you, Mom. Um, my cat of the week. Man, so my cat of the week just happened, actually. So I started a new course in grad school. And I didn't know that it started uh, this week. But it did. And <laughs> I don't... Uh, it's bad. So I didn't have my books. Because I didn't know I needed them yet. So I did an ebook for the books. and Which is totally fine. So I read up. I've spent a couple hours today getting all this in. And then I go to take the quizzes. And the quizzes closed on a Sunday at 11.55 a.m. That seems like an error. Who exact, Who among us has ever taken a class where the deadline was 11.55 a.m. on a Sunday? What animal has switched things <laughs> around? Ridiculous. So I started my semester with uh, this course with three quizzes that I didn't get to take, and that's three zeros automatically. And we're uh, we're gonna see where this goes, but it's not a good start. And and what are you going to school for? Uh, it's an evangelism class. So so, so, so you know, yeah, almost almost by nature, eleven fifty five on Sunday morning it might as well be midnight on Saturday night. This is what I, okay. Like I'm at church at eleven fifty five a.m. on a Sunday. I know it had to be an error, or this guy was just making the biggest flex that's ever happened. He's like, I'm gonna switch it up. And I'm going to get all these kids who don't look at the syllabus until noon on a Sunday. Damn, that's a power move. Me, so. That's a power move. I respect it. All right, Connor, bring us home. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know. It's, it's okay. been, it, it's been, it's been honestly for me, you know, I, I'm getting a little stir crazy working at home for sure. Um, ready to kind of be back out and amongst, uh, amongst the living again. As I'm sure you know, plenty of people are. I, I guess maybe maybe that maybe I'm 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 just. I feel like we're very close. Our company is kind of given the you know here's our plans to reopening. We're starting with you know this group of people and we're gonna build on that. And mm-hmm. So, it's kind of we're we're getting closer and closer. And maybe the 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 light at the end of the tunnel has grown a little brighter. But uh, but yeah, it still is uh still just feels weird. It's crazy. We're rolling into summer and we're stuck you know inside except for when we play golf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a saving grace golf is. Man. Yes, for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, you know, we, we hinted that earlier. Next segment, we're going to be talking about the uh, the Enneagram, whatever that is, um, and kind of our stories of discovering the Enneagram, our own uh, maybe likes, dislikes. We may even make this into a, a two-part episode. We'll, we'll see where this gets. It's a long road back to you, so. Oh, my gosh. Golly. We're off to a... Hot start. Uh, <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> hopefully pull it together during this break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast with John and Evan and producer Connor. And uh, we'll be diving into our Enneagram discussion now. And so we thought instead of kind of hitting maybe everybody else's opinions on it, um, you know, what is our own history with it? What are some 
you know, different some different things that it's done in our own lives. And so, uh, Connor, uh, since you are probably the newest one to the Enneagram game, uh, about a week, I thought it would be, you know, great for you to go first and just kind of tell us, what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you not like it? You know, what's your history with the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, truly, my experience with the Enneagram has been people for a long time telling me, you know, you need to take this test. Oh, my gosh. You, or, you know, or maybe not even take the test, but, like, you need to learn kind of the Enneagrams. You need to mm-hmm. figure out where you fall. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not an early adopter. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not waiting out for the next iPhone or anything like that. Um, still reading the Da Vinci Code. Still, yeah, right. You know, I, I, yeah. I, so purpose driven life. Purpose driven life. Years out there. <laughs> purpose driven life. It's yeah. It's uh, it's um, right there on my bookshelf. Um, but yeah, I think my my big thing was I've never really put a bunch of stock into these tests that tell you about yourself because I think that. Um, it's far more important to be introspective and, 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 and try and figure out for yourself, you know, kind of, kind of where you fall on certain things. Um, and so to me, this test or this book or this website that says, you know, here's who you are. I, I kind of like, I'm not, you know, I was not opposed to it. I just said, I don't know that there's much for me to gain from that. Um, flash forward to you know last week or so and john says hey i think we're going to talk about you know enneagrams on moderately enjoyable and i was like well all right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to read this thing <laughs> um and well and i told you too mm-hmm. it's not so much about the test because right. i think like a lot one of the main fallacies is like you have to take the test and the test will tell you mm-hmm. it's really like what you feel like most exposes your inner decision making and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So yeah, I just told you to read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 John's John shoots me um Enneagram Institute. I don't, I don't know if this is an official podcast endorsement of the Enneagram Institute, but it's not not tacitly. I sign I I personally co-sign with Enneagram Institute. Perfect. Um I sign my name with nobody and nothing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like me. Redacted. <laughs> yes, please. Redacted. Um yeah, so I I read through it and and as I've mentioned before, I've had people tell me all the time, "Oh, I think you're this. Oh, I think you're, you know, or you would really, you know, whatever." So, I went into it with an understanding of like, okay, I'm probably one of these couple of numbers. Um and I landed on 6. And so for me, the thing that stuck out to it, the Enneagram Institute calls it the loyalist, which I I do feel like that kind of sums me up I can you know I think I am loyal I think I can be loyal to a fault um but as as I kind of started reading into it I felt you know more and more like ah yeah there a lot of these things are things that I recognize in my life and and one of the ones was the where it talks about where you go in growth and where you go in stress um and and that was really that that hit home with me, I guess, because I think where it goes in growth is is nine, which is your peacemaker, or whoever, um, and I feel like in times of stress when things get tough, I think I can become far more kind of encouraging and nurturing than I am naturally, 
that doesn't show up when things are going fine. Um, and then in times of stress or, you know, when they're unhealthy or whatever, they go to a three, which like the unhealthy aspects of, aspects of that is like super competitive and think like I, like I can get competitive about dumb stuff and y'all know that. <laughs> what? Um, no. We've played the right. hand enough times. Yeah. yeah we just, Three yeah. times? Yeah. So. It was enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and so I, I kind of started seeing those things. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay. And so that's kind of how I landed on six. Um, in, in terms of really my story with these things, I, I don't think that my really view on the entire thing has changed. I think that I'm definitely more informed about it, but you know, now by having read all the kind of stuff I've read about it. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that there is any value at all with me knowing that I'm a six. I think that the value of the Enneagram test... <laughs> With a searing endorsement right, there, right. there is no value. <laughs> right. Because I think... Because here's the deal. I think... Well, I'll back that up maybe for a half second. I think everyone talks about this Enneagram test of like... Of like, oh, like, it's important because you'll know more about yourself. Yeah. And then you'll know more about... And like, you'll start picking out other people's numbers in public and blah, 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 blah. And I, I think like that... Yes, that's exactly what it says to do. <laughs> right, I think that's, I think this, I haven't read this necessarily, but I feel like that's probably the opposite of what they're trying to do here. Correct. Yeah. I, I think that the value in this whole thing lies with, I took some time outside of my normal quiet time or, or whatever, and I just took some time and I thought about me, and not in like a selfish way, but I I, I, I had to sit here and kind of look at this list of things, and it did force me to like think of like, not only of, like, what, like, character traits fit into what number, but also, like, you know, in times of growth, in times of stress, as the the website refers to, like, where do I go? You know, and, the, and those kind of things. And, and it did kind of line up for me. So I think, I think the value that I see in this whole Enneagram thing is just inherently to do this thing correctly, you have to sit down and, and just be introspective. Yeah. Which, going back to how I began this whole thing... That's I think there's a ton of value in that. I think that I really listen to inner dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. I I think the reason that we have a ton of crazy problems, you know, even even right now, is people don't take the time to think about, you know, like here I am, this is me. What does that mean? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for the people in my life? And it's I not am what I am. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not that I'm a six, and I know that Evan is a blank because I'm not going to spoil it <laughs> and so therefore my number interacts with his number because this yeah. and we're gonna and I'm just gonna be the yeah. I'm gonna be the best friend I'm gonna be the best employee I'm gonna be the best you know manager of the people that I work with because I'm just so in tune with myself and yeah and I know you and you and because I know you I'm gonna act this way around you and I'm gonna act this way around you like that's just impossible and I and I feel like I might just be putting a lot on on you know people or whatever that's unfair but I do think that, like, for me, just the exercise of introspection was what I enjoyed the most out of this whole thing. And I, and, I, and it was useful. It didn't change my life. But it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good way to spend an afternoon. Which, honestly, that being your favorite part about it is probably would be in line with what most of these people who, like, really do teach the Enneagram and write mm-hmm. the books and stuff. They would probably say, yeah, exactly. That's what we... That is the point, is that you just are introspectively thinking about yourself and how you're wired and how you work. That's the whole point. 
you don't have to buy into the entire Enneagram. Some no, I think honestly, it's probably been blown out of proportion. Yeah. Like, um, one thing that's really bothered me that I've heard of like companies doing is they've like they'll ask people in interviews like, "What's your Enneagram?" And I just feel like that's just so like I just feel like it's wrong. It's productive. Like it's like if we're really narrowing people down to like, "Oh, you're this number," like that doesn't operate mm-hmm. well under stress, like. You know, I don't, you worry too much. Like six is like, oh, I don't know. You, you got too many fears. Like mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. And just like, I yeah. I mean, I've heard of that a lot. And I think if I'd have a really hard time answering that question, if I was asked mm-hmm. that in an interview, um, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I personally believe, I mean, we're kind of jumping into mine, mm-hmm. but like, I personally believe like do. it is a private thing. And like you can share to you can share with people, and honestly, like I kind of. It's yours to share. Yeah, it's yours to share. Yeah. Um, and I think like obviously like I'm gonna share it with like. You know the people that are close around me because I want them to know like, how I think, and I want them to know like what I'm, going through. Like me and Evan, we kind of are on, opposite sides of the coin a little bit. We're like we're both individualistic. We're like I'm a four. I know it hurts. Redacted four. Uh, it hurts to say it out loud because I don't want anybody to know. Um, but like I'm a four, and can you can I say what you are? And... No, I'll say what I okay. Mean. Well, we just sit. But I'm a thinker. Like a, yeah, we with can... no feeling. Yeah, and I'm a feeling <laughs> with you know I think, but it, I think about my feelings, <laughs> and I want to be individualistic, and you want to be individualistic, yeah. and you're more you're more spontaneous, and I'm not as spontaneous. So, and then, so we sit on, like, the opposite side of things a lot, but it does help to know, like, and it it helps to know where you are, so I can be like, oh, okay, like, I need to be more, like, I need to be a better friend, I need to meet you where you are, too, but you also need to know, like, where I am, too, so it's, like, a mutual relationship, that's how relationships work, you meet in the middle on so many things. (laughs) Okay. Last thing I'll say, because the interview question jogged my memory, and it's the last thing that I had kind of in my, you know, come on with it. notes. Like asking the one of the one of the reasons why I was initially kind of standoffish to the whole thing, and this is gonna sound like I'm just like trying to just scorch the enneagram thing, and I'm really not. You already have. Like I said, I I, I had a, I found a yeah, lot. Yeah, we we know you hate this conversation. Right? No, it's <laughs> not. It's, it's, it's far from that. Let the record show he's fuming right now. Yeah, smoke out of the ears. <laughs> um, no, so so I didn't go so far down the path. Uh, there's there's wings. Yes. And then there's also growth and stress, right? Yes. Yeah. So. A lot of touch points. Inherently, there's nine numbers, and at any point of them, I could be one of four. So just like like I think inherently, and they all hit different parts. Yeah, and in in there, yeah. there, it's a shotgun spread, or you know what I mean. It's yeah, it's yeah. I I think I think that I'm a six. That if there was some sort of wing, it probably goes towards the seven. But I can also be a nine, or sometimes I'm a three. And so to ask somebody like, what do you what do you think you are? All those things. It's not to me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so guarded with it, but also I don't probably regard it necessarily with the same, you know, yeah. kind of views that you do. But to me, it's also tricky to to base, you know, how I'm going to interact with somebody, even if I do know, 
not going to out Evan here, but so you're a four, right? And if I'm in my mind, I see John and I'm like, okay, John's a four, so I'm going to interact with John. But John might be in a really good place and he's in his growth place. So he's really a whatever the... I think it's a two. Right. Or he could be having a bad day. I don't think it's a... I think that's my stress. I don't know the stress and Mm. growth ones as well, but... Yeah. yeah, whatever. But but basically, like you know, a, a, a six and a four meet in the woods. But <laughs> but, but at that point, <laughs> who comes out exactly? But at that point, neither of us could be a six or a four. Apparently, according to this test, that's why my whole thing is that humans are so much more complicated than even this is my primary characteristics kind of. Tra- yeah, traits. I think it. I think that's true to an extent. Mm-hmm. I think you always have like your base qualities. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things like I know when I'm stressed. I really, and I think this is where the two comes out, is I want to clean up, like, everything around me. Like, if I feel, like, really stressed out, I Mm -hmm. feel, like, the clutter, the physical clutter, Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I've got to clean my bathroom, I've got to clean my room, I've got to, you know, do everything, Mm -hmm. even though it's it's not as big a deal as I need it to, like, as as it feels. Like, Mm -hmm. I know I need to clean. Like, I need to make things better. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's just one way for me to, like, personally just, like, get over it but i'm still like emotional person that i am Mm -hmm. it's just like there are certain qualities that i like i do differently Mm -hmm. because i'm stressed and i think like probably um i mean depending on how much you like think about it like i definitely see it more and more because i've been um i guess it was back when we were in just kind of tell my enneagram story (laughs) so stupid my enneagram story (laughs) (laughs) um when we were back in the highlands uh, which was our apartment complex. Probably. Start a YouTube channel that's just people in a big black chair, low lighting, and it's just my Enneagram story. You just so stole I, that from my MSN. I did, yeah. <laughs> like, the Enneagram found me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I... We were in the Highlands when uh, uh, when I saw the... Um, the apartment complex when I, when, <laughs> when we were talking about it, it was building. when Mason was there, and I think Mason and Lauren Reed... Shout out. Um, Mason Ross. Your Laurie, girlfriend. My girlfriend. Thank you. Um, Just clarify. Yeah. Uh, when we were in the Highlands and they were talking about their Enneagrams like being like more like type A personalities like Mason's a one and Lauren thought she was a one but now she thinks she's something else. Um, and I was like, what's the Enneagram? Never heard of it. And I'd like kind of heard about it because Amy Never. Jo Girardier from church had... She's been talking about she's it for deep, like 10 years yeah, deep somehow. Deep and Before so, it was even written, she's been talking about it. <laughs> she can say it right. Uh, anyway, I like heard about it, so I was like, I'll take the test. So I took the test, and I was like, it's a, like a, a type one, which I was like, eh? Which really, uh, you know, I after I talked to somebody about it, and they were like, yeah, you just need to like read one. You need to like read through them. And so like, I read through descriptions of them and stuff, and like there were really two that resonated with me, which I found I was like, I'm a wing three, because I do want to like achieve but I am emotionally driven, like, that kind of for, like, I do want to be independent, I do want to be on my own. Unique. Unique. Um, but I do, like, have this desire to achieve, and I want to be recognized for those achievements. I don't want to just, like, sit and wallow. Like, I am self-driven, thankfully. When, like, there are other, like, four-wing fives, like, if you're out there, I'm sorry, but, like, I, I really don't like you. Because they... They just kind of, they wallow more than I do. And it's more of like a, it's not as achievement oriented. So like their sitting kind of bothers me. Um, anyway, so that's my feelings about, I can, I can, I can go through all the numbers and tell you which ones I like and don't like. But, uh, 
That's how deep in I am. No, I get people to this do this. This is not how the Enneagram is supposed to be used. <laughs> Let's just clarify this. No, no, no. Yeah, twos, the worst. I hate those people. I actually like no twos. twos. Oh, everybody likes twos. Because <laughs> they do stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most endearing bad quality to have. Twos, they twos and nines. is doing stuff twos for and people. Nines are, are, my mom's a nine and, and it is great. Because she's a, she's a peacemaker. I think everybody likes nines too. Because they're less That's why she wanted you to recant your statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, so I kind of found, came to the place where I was like, oh, okay, like Enneagram, like this is mine kind of thing. And then I, um, I read a book too, which you have right now called the Sacred Enneagram. Um, yeah, we still need to give it back to our friend. Yeah. It's from Sorry. Meredith, man, all the shout outs today. Shout out Meredith. Meredith, Meredith listener. Um, actual, then actual shout out Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> and, um. Maybe subscriber? Yeah. Meredith? Maybe? Nah. Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> it was a review. I think um, the last time we shouted out like six people who probably don't listen to the show. So. <laughs> true. Um, so, true, true, true. yeah, she gave me this book, and I know you, I've given it to you since then because we... Yeah, it's a, like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but a book. <laughs> just fits perfectly for our lives. Yeah. This book, uh, it really helped me kind of understand the, the balances between all of the nine. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the benefit... It, it's not so much like what's your number book, but it's like a, how do these actually work together? You know, what's the benefit of it? Um, and, and also the, the sacredness of it to the individual, you know, kind of where I've got that thought of, you know, these don't need to be interview questions was from that book because the original uh, intent of this book was for you to know, uh, it's kind of like a self introspective thing that Connor was talking about is that it's for you to know, you know, where your shadow side is where's your strong side like where do you holy virtue exactly it's yeah. it's really it's an interesting book it's obviously written from a little bit different perspective than than ours but it, it's really interesting uh and gave me a lot of perspective on that so um yeah evan if you want to jump in i know we're kind of stretching the segment long so we we can go ahead and have our part two we can stop it here if you want no let's keep going okay we'll cut it after this okay come back for part two it'll be good too two 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 um which is ironic that we mentioned twos uh so kind of like both of these guys have said you know my i really struggle with things like this that just take over the culture immediately and i'm always very cautious of those things because like let's look back as recently as Coney 2012 when that took over the world and then we realized this whole thing's fake. So just stuff like that just makes me very, very cautious, especially when people are putting a lot of their identity stock in these things. And so, you know, when I first started hearing about it, I just kind of rolled my eyes and was like, this is is silly. We need to calm down, pump the brakes. What is happening right now? Please stop. Um, And so I resisted it for a little while. Of course, I've done you know, Myers-Briggs and the DISC profile and strength finders and the colors and all those different things. Um, and some of them are more helpful than others. Some of them I definitely identify with more than others, which is the whole point to a lot of this is, you know, find the ones that best help you to understand yourself. Um, obviously, you know, three guys in this room, we are all Christians and a large part of where we fall with these personality tests is in line with, all right, I'm created this way by God in these certain ways. How does this help me understand the ways God has made me? And that's an important distinction for us. Um, 
But so I, I avoided the Enneagram at all costs. I thought it was dumb and I rolled my eyes at it when everybody first started doing it because that's how I'm wired. But after I had a, a big job change and I was unemployed for a while, um, I was doing counseling and just trying to really figure out me in ways that I hadn't really had the chance to. And I was 24, 25, how old so was So old. 25. I was, had just turned 25, I think. And so, you know, you leave college, you do your first job. And then after your first job, you probably have learned a whole lot about yourself. And so like, it's probably time that I figure out who I am because <laughs> I haven't really done this since college. And so I finally... I started doing a deep dive into the Enneagram just because it was new. I hadn't heard of it before. And I took all the tests and all the quizzes and every single dang time it came back as a two, just every single time. Um, and a lot of it I could see and a lot of people around me agreed like, oh yeah, I could definitely see you being a two. Like you like to help people and you're in ministry. So like you're always helping people. And then John told me, hey, you're too. You should join customer service because you'll get to help people all day. It'll be great. You'll love it. And uh, then we did that. So and I you do love it, and then... I do love it every day. And so I I operated with that assumption for a long time, and then it 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 got hard to enjoy the enneagram because I started to feel like, all right, I'm reading about twos and they get really really selfish and they just manipulate people by like on their shadow side they manipulate people by doing nice things for them to get them to like them and show them affection i'm like man i just i don't feel like i do i hope i don't do that i don't feel like i do that and so i started just asking people because it was creating just like a lot of inner conflict of i'm reading this thing that says this is how i'm supposed to be but i don't think this is how i am but this is what every quiz says I am. So I kind of chucked it out the window and was done with the Enneagram again. I was like, I'm out over this whole, this whole thing. I knew there was a reason you bought me that 100 facts every Auburn fan should know book. <laughs> you it was were, just to get you to like me. You were me, trying man. to get something out of me. You're darn right. <laughs> no. That was, a, that was an awesome gift. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so... I'm at that point, and then it was a few months ago. I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. It was when I started ago. reading the Sacred Enneagram. So it was around November or October. Okay, yeah. So around Christmas time, John and I were on the couch. He was reading that book. We started talking about the Enneagram. And again, I was like, man, I just don't know. Like, I just always really struggle with this. And John was like, Evan, I have to say something, but I can't say it. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm not supposed to tell you what your type is. I was like, yeah, but... I need to know, like, what is my type? You, he's like, well, you're not a two. I was like, that, so what am I? I've just been observing, me. like, a like a lab rat for the last uh, year. Apparently, he's just been watching me. <laughs> and uh, he was like, man, I think you're a seven. I was like, whatever. Like, I know sevens. I can list you off people. I'm like, I'm not like those people. What the heck? And, uh... Then I started reading into it, though, and started looking a little bit deeper. And I was yeah, like, aren't sevens the worst? Man, <laughs> sometimes. I just started really resonating with it. And there was um, the guy who wrote the book that John read was on a podcast with um, uh, the lead singer of a band called Sleeping At Last. He did a whole Enneagram thing. Um, he wrote songs for each Enneagram type, so really, really cool. But he did a whole podcast explaining the songs and then talking about the types. And when they were going through the seven, there were it was spooky there were things that the guy on there was like sevens often say and think things like this when this happens sevens react this way in their minds 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only person who had that very specific thought, like verbatim thought I've had in my head. I thought that was just me who has those thoughts. Oh, wow, other people have these things. And so that was when it just kind of struck me this, wow, okay, this may be legit. So uh, my story with the Enneagram ended up being I was a mistyped too who hated the Enneagram because it wasn't really my type. And then I found out I was a seven in disguise. And uh, that that really, really did help. Um, which, by the way, anybody out there who has had a similar story, there are a lot of mistypes with the Enneagram. Actually, twos and sevens get mistyped quite often, apparently, mm. for different reasons. They exemplify a lot of the same characteristics but come from completely different places on it. So that's common. Um, but as I've read and just paid attention to the Enneagram and how it works. I mean, it has been really, really helpful for me to figure out why I'm feeling what I'm feeling and is it rational? Is it real? Is this a reasonable response to what's going on? So like a small thing, John was talking about how we're very different people. We were posted up in our living room, which has no windows and very little light doing customer service calls every day and John was totally cool with it. Like that works great for him. I prefer the lights off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the lights were only on because I turned them on. <laughs> I don't mind light. I just didn't mind. I just didn't want light in while I was working. It just nice. it just burns. <laughs> well, my, my my thought is if there's no light, I'm not really awake, so I kind of like sleep through oh, most of the morning. Gosh. And then around ten thirty, when I'm already like three hours into the day, like. Uh, See, this is how you know we're different people, because I went out and bought a 50-foot Ethernet cable so I could be in the room with the most windows, because I'm a seven. <laughs> I was a, like, a room I need the sunlight. <laughs> yes! Yeah, in the room I used to sleep in. Oh, so, my that was goodness. Great. So just stuff like that is, it's incredibly helpful, and, you know, having the context, especially for me, as somebody who, uh, like, I, I preach and I teach and I engage in that way um, with people, it's been incredibly helpful for me to be able to approach a text that I'm gonna be teaching on and be able to think, all right, I know that hope and beauty and future orientation and you know, just good feelings, that is something that inspires me in a lot of ways. It does not inspire everybody in that same way. And that's important for me to know so that when I'm teaching or engaging with people, like I know there are other ways to view this thing that are important for me to recognize so that I can better help people. That's been really, really Im important for me and just my context. Um, and just engaging with people. Like, John, I know that, like, so sevens have, there's different centers of how you can um, process things. So there's thinkers, there are the gut feelers or the body people, and then there are the feelers. John is a feeler. Sevens <laughs> are naturally thinkers, but sevens have no connection to any Enneagram type that has feelings. When we get good, we integrate to a five. When we go bad, we integrate to a one. Our wings are eights and sixes. So we have the body and we have thoughts, but we have ones no connection to feelings. Ones do have some feelings. Ones do, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not natural for sevens to engage with their feelings ever. That's just not a normal thing. So... You know, that's been important for me to know because John will be <laughs> hurt by something and I will think it's a really, really big deal and that I did something terrible. But that's just how he re processes things and reacts to things is he's going to process them with emotion and with feeling, whereas I'm going to sit down and just think through it for a couple hours and, like, that's how I process things. 
So I mean, even just some friendship, that's important to know. Yeah. All right, you, our friendship is not over. <laughs> like, you're just not, that's how you process things. Yeah. We do it differently. For sure. All right, so um, I think, you know, this is a good time. We're going to move to our tricycle in this episode of our favorite people. Well, it's not really, a, it's kind of a tricycle power ranking of the favorite people we have from the Enneagram Institute who have the same Enneagram as us. And then, um, you know, we'll do a part two next time. Come back for it. And uh, it's going to be more of like, where do we balance all of this? And I know we've kind of had an extended conversation today, um, so that may not be as long of an episode. Um, But we're going to kind of go into the good and the bad. You know, what are some really good things about What are some bad things? We hit on them, but more detailed out, point by point. And then kind of where's the balance? Where do we where do we hit the the moderate, the medium part mm. of the uh, the enneagram where we like st- like to stay? So. And the real question we're all wondering is, what's your number, baby? What's your number? Tricycle. I want to ride my tricycle. I want to ride my tricycle. I want to ride it where I like. Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast. And in this tricycle, kind of a, tri- kind of a tricycle, more of like a power ranking. Um, our top three, our top three uh, people with the same Enneagram as us. Based upon the Enneagram Institute, who knows how reliable? Yeah, let's clarify that this is totally arbitrary, and we don't know if any of these people are actually Enneagram. Type. Correct. Yes. Um, did they all? Did all these people write in and say this is my Enneagram type, or did the Enneagram well, Institute? Well, some people I have dead, a feeling so. Galileo did not take the Enneagram test. Yeah, so, so, seven. so perhaps, perhaps the Enneagram Institute is just attributing numbers. Mayhaps, Connor. But it's Institute, so it's legit. That's so, true. But they could be growing this, or uh, stressing. Com, not a Org, it's though. a dot com or it's not dot org. Yeah, it so should be a dot edu, edu if it's institute. Oh, true. So, so at, any, later. at any given point, <laughs> these people on this list could be one of any four numbers. Is what you're telling me? They could be one of any nine numbers. Is what I'm telling you. You know how the enneagram works? We literally <laughs> just talked about. It. All right, all right, Evan, give us uh, your first of three. My first of three? Your first favorite. It's, the top two are so incredibly easy. So my number one is the legendary, the enigmatic, the incredible John Foreman himself. The lead singer of Switchfoot. Enneagram 7. Amazing person. Love everything that he does. Uh, saw him in concert at a university here. He was awesome. He did a very sudden thing. He had people write down song requests on note cards, put them all face down on the on the ground in front of him he'd just pick a card at random whatever song it was there was a band playing with him who was not his band he'd just be like it's in the key of B we're gonna play Dare You to Move which is not in the key of B but then they'd just start playing whatever it was it was awesome alright nice Connor um I was kind of similar to Evan my first two I saw and I was like booyah (laughs) and then I'll find my third one along the way but uh my first one is Larry David, creator of Seinfeld. Ooh. That's a good one. Because I feel like... Very good. I feel like I'm a less exaggerated version of him. <laughs> like, I, I, like, observe and comment, like, kind of benign and, and 
you know, kind of honestly trivial, dumb things. Is, isn't, like, George from mm-hmm. Seinfeld? Well, funny you He's, like, that. the Larry David character who's, I mean, he's scared so, of yeah, everything. Because, yeah, That's George Costanza true. is, like, supposed to be Larry David. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And he's also listed on this list as a six. So, <laughs> but, like, it I feel like I'm... Together. I'm that guy who I'm George Costanza... And, you know... You're I'm, just a not-New York George Yeah, I'm, I'm like a Southern... Yeah, Southern Larry David, Southern George Costanza, you know, where he's, like, freaking out about the guy getting his candy bar out of the vending you're machine. You're less narcissistic George Costanza, too. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, a, it's, it's, less, a it's less exaggerated. It's a Southern thing. I don't know. It's less exaggerated. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna... Ha- I'm not gonna, like, host a candy bar lineup, but, like, I am gonna, you know, l- you know, lament the injustice of somebody... You know, getting my Twix bar if you I will paid create a conspiracy it. theory. Yeah. Oh, big, yeah, big time. Yeah, I, yeah. There are some other people in those sorts where it's like, wow, that's like one in particular is like a straight up conspiracy theorist, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's my right. list. Yeah, um, probably right. <laughs> so you guys are more, you know, normal people. Mm-hmm. I've got the weird artists. Yeah, and uh, just really unique, sad, unique artists. Really huh? sad people. <laughs> when I look at this list, it's it's very sad. Uh, like these people had hard lives. Um, it's been good one there. No, um, Anne Frank is on here though, which is that is not sad. That is she had a very legendary. hard life. She did, but it's Anne Frank. I know that's. I mean, I'm sa- not saying sad like sad like you're a sad person. Being like, no, you're actually like your life was very hard and sad, that's and cute. you were probably sad. Anyway. Um, you don't have to wonder. You can actually read yeah. your diary. You know? I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm not someone who... There is a first-hand account out there. <laughs> exactly how she felt. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go diary. with a not-so-sad uh, ex- person on here. Well, he may be sad. He's a little eccentric, but I love him. Uh, we're going to go Johnny Depp. He's my first four. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's probably the nicest, happiest person on this list. So. When do you <laughs> see Johnny Depp, who, who is Johnny Depp in your mind? What do you picture immediately? Finding Neverland. Really? Not Jack Sparrow? That, well, that's my favorite movie he's been in. Wow. Uh, Finding Sparrow Neverland sure. literally brings me to tears every time. And I think that's why they put him on this list, because I'm pretty sure that guy's a four, too. But anyway, it's an incredible movie. All right. Good for you. Give your second. Good for you. Um, my second one is also pretty easy to pick, and that is the ever-incredible Bob Goff. Love Bob. Love his books. Bob and I might disagree on some things if we sat down and talked through some things, but I think he's also a wonderful human being who gives a lot of grace and a lot of love to a lot of people. I want to call Bob. He has his phone number in his book. Not like a phone number, like the side number that you can call. He has his phone number in the back of his books. Yep. We've never called him. We will do that on this podcast we should. eventually. Uh, we should I know. Do it. He's incredible. The man, yeah, I love him. If we can begin recording before 10 p.m. on a Sunday. Well, he's in California, so it'd be perfect. That's 8 o'clock. Perfect time. That actually works really well. Guys. He's done with dinner. We're calling Bob. Calling Bob? Bob, we're coming for you. Yeah. Connor? Um, yeah, number two. Um, I And I, I put him in number two because I, I do think the, 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 you know, small Larry David slash Costanza, you know, connections and my between myself i think that is kind of funny but also because i know that this is going to be uh not painful is not the right word but i get to have jrr tolkien oh and you don't <laughs> and you don't i expect uh, america's next best novel evan, evan has spent what probably like like seven literal days of his life reading tolkien maybe more than that and i read the Silmarillion. 
That probably, yeah. There's the standard. That, that probably, I mean, what do you think the hour count on that was? Like, I was unemployed, so it was a lot of consecutive time. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, so here's the deal. We we're going to try and calculate how many actual hours and how it translates to days slash weeks that Evan has spent reading Tolkien. Way too much. Yeah. All right, um, my second one. A lot of musicians on here. Um, a lot of great musicians. I'm going to go with Miles Davis. Ooh. Uh, jazz. Um, it's a smooth move. Yeah, he was yeah. a jazz uh, trumpet player. One of the best trumpet players of all time. Got some great albums. I've got one of his vinyls. Um, it's got like a greatest hits selection on there. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a great, very emotional player too. Um, is you know he, he really does a great job of emoting the pieces he's playing. And, you know, trumpet's just a, a cool instrument. If people are good at it, I mean, they can squeak and squallow, but if you're good at trumpet, it's one of those instruments that, like... Sounds amazing. Keep going. Uh, yeah, so I go Mal Davis second for me. There you go. From the last one, I just need people to know that out of... Th- this is the selections that I have on this list. Uh, the 14th Dalai Lama, Galileo, Mozart, Jefferson, Ben Franklin, Amelia Earhart... Uh, JFK, Joe Biden, Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin's Alaska, great show. Uh, Michael Forbes, Elton John, Mick Jagger, one and only Fergie, Miley Cyrus, Russell Brand, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Charlie Sheen, Larry King. Like, there's a lot of really, really famous people on here, but I saw this name and I just have to pick it. Bette Midler is on this list. And Hocus Pocus is one of the best movies ever made. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's so also, good. Also, crossover, Bette Midler Ooh. in Seinfeld. That's an episode. See? There it is. All right, Bette Midler, third pick. Who would have thought? <laughs> Nobody would have thought it. Galileo oh, wow. or Bette Midler? That was that. Benjamin Galileo Franklin. Picker. Benjamin Franklin or uh, Bette Midler. I think they Thomas Jefferson. Pick. They're all going Bette, man. <laughs> bet on. Bet on Bette. Bet on. Ah! All right, go, Garner. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so I got Tolkien, you got Jefferson. We each took, like... You want to do a trade? We each took two of, our, two of our favorite people to read. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of similar. So here, are we doing uh, people who we don't... <laughs> next week. Maybe, right, for, yeah, right. maybe next time. So I, I'm, I've... I've you know, found my top two, and then I started working my way down the list, and I'm like, ooh, I don't, I don't that's not great. <laughs> right. Um, no, here, okay, here we go, though. I, 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 I missed this one the first read-through. Um, George H.W. Bush. I like that guy a whole bunch. Um, I, I think that when, when he passed, um, within the last year, I believe, mm-hmm. you kind of saw, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the last president that died well in our lifetime. I remember, I remember Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan very vividly. Yeah. I was, I was actually in my cousin's house in North Carolina. I remember watching that on television, all that kind of stuff. But it was, it was, it, it was, was like all my like around my birthday. Yeah, it was really. It was in June. I yeah, remember it. yeah, that that makes sense because we we'd go over there over the summer. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was certainly the first one that I really remember vividly, um, and was a president who. You know, growing up, we had seen not as president, but as you know, an ex-president, and he just he just seemed to be just kind of a graceful person. And then when you look back at him, um, a nice old man. 
Yeah, well, and and he just he was kind of he was he was kind of in line, probably more so than anyone we've had since. Of uh, American presidents used to be kind of crazy and like Renaissance men, like you know, I mean, so like he was the director of the CIA, he was vice president, he eventually became president, like you know, he I don't, I don't he was know father to a president. He was yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, he, it's it's what there's two families. I'm trying to think about this. The Adams family. Not the Adams family, but, you know, you have John Adams and John Quincy Adams, and you've got H.W. and you've got W. I'm trying to think if there's another one. Oh, no, the Roosevelt's. Like that's not a father-son thing. It's not like the other two, but, but, like, but family, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I just, H.W., he was, uh, he, he was he's, he's, a, he's kind of one of the, maybe the last, you know. The last of his breed? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Now we got game show hosts, so. And I don't like the guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a good one. Um, don't have any presidents on my list, so <laughs> got a bunch of sad people. <laughs> so the good thing about mine is I don't have a lot of people I dislike. Mm-hmm. It's just like they either had really hard lives or they're like actors. Mm-hmm. So you know, not much. So there's yeah. nobody you want to be. No, on this not list. really. <laughs> but you're also not having to deal with Frodo Baggins like. Oh, what a bummer that guy. Um, How is he not a four? I don't know. He's a zero. Frodo Baggins is a zero. He's a zero. So I'm going to go with, you know, I like this guy. He's pretty good. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Big fan. Rough life. Yeah, I I like his... uh, I think the first time I ever read anything or was read anything by him was in middle school. And I I was just captivated by his amount of emotion in the words um just like how he's like uh, like the suspense like oh my gosh like oh what's gonna happen like the first one you read uh tell tell heart i think tell tell heart tell tell heart was big so good and i mean like it's seventh grade being like oh my gosh what's gonna happen that man's eye (laughs) why is he talking about the eye (laughs) um anyway yeah i he's awesome and like just really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of great musicians on here too, like Chopin's on here, Tchaikovsky, Gustav Mahler, my brother's personal favorite. You know, like all those dudes are awesome. Right, we get it. You love classical music. Yeah, yeah classical music's awesome. So cultured. Um. Anyway, I mean, Anne Frank being like, she's pretty amazing too. Uh, a lot of country artists too. They'll probably make it on my not list. Not feels yeah. like a really weird poll. <laughs> a bunch of country artists. Um, I mean, Hank Williams is on here. So Tennessee Williams. Dang. Um, Prince is on here. Stevie Nicks. Ooh. Oh. Who sounded? Amy Winehouse Whoa. is on here. Oh, New Year's which, Eve. That's hard Amy Winehouse. R.I.P. She was. That was when I went and saw Fleetwood Mac last year. She sang "Landslide." And it was it oh. was beautiful, but she did not Jeez. sing "Edge of 17. <laughs> and I was so sad because I was I was like I wonder if that's just you don't want to see her. And uh, I wonder if, it, <laughs> I, wonder if it, I wonder if like, I know it's, you it's love this much. one. Bob Dylan's on here. I love Bob Dylan. Yeah. I know y'all want to be fours now. Um, no, it's a hard life, it really is. Uh, anyway, so you know we went a little long this week, but hope that's okay. It. I hope you enjoy. If you didn't make it through all of it, that's okay. It's not. Well, you wouldn't be hearing me apologize for it if you didn't make it through all of it. But anyway, we're really glad you listen. Please uh, like, subscribe. Uh, we do have a review we want to read this week. It's our first review. 
Uh, and it's five stars. Five Shout stars. Out. Yeah, we've got seven five star ratings on Apple, and only straight. one of them is from us. Yeah, yeah. I I did give us a five star. I thought it was great. Um, Which reminds me, I need to five star the podcast. <laughs> John listened to it. It was quality it was content. Good. It was um, these guys are honest. <laughs> so this one is uh, it's called Sure. Period. Why not? Question mark by Coffee equals Perfection. Don't know who this is. Oh, that's is. the person's name? I thought yeah, that was part of the, this, the title no. as well. Um, that's no, like their username they've listed. So, pretty interesting review. It's, uh, you could listen to something else. You probably should listen to something else. But you're listening to this. Five stars. I mean, that if it was just the review, I would have thought they hated our podcasts. <laughs> but they left five stars. So, I mean. Yeah. They enjoyed it. I think we're in the game. <laughs> Here's the, all we set out to do was be moderately enjoyable. You manage expectations. That's the whole name of the game. Yep. On a, yeah, like sure. And we're why just not? trying to drive people well back to the middle state. anyway. Just yeah. kind of understand everybody, and I think we'd all be yeah, happy. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. So leave us a review. We'll read yours if uh, if we catch it in time for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get it on there. Also, you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, moderately enjoyable pod. Um, Drop into those DMs. We'll reply. <laughs> we won't reply. You won't know which one it's from. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. I heard it goes down in the DMs. <laughs> so, yeah. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Any suggestions. Um, we'll be back just hopefully in two weeks. Um, we'll see, though. <laughs> be safe out there. <laughs>